What's up, y'all? Welcome to Visionary Unleashed. This is your host, Vuja Deus. In this space, we interview impact-led entrepreneurs, visionaries, creatives, artists, people that are here to truly make a tangible impact on this planet and leave this world better than the way we found it. It's time to get to business, y'all. Let's get it. Aho. This man, a.k.a. Black Jesus, a.k.a. Aaron Harris, a.k.a. the Flowmaster, <laughs> is legendary. And when I say legendary, I remember the first time I saw Aaron Harris, somebody, actually a friend of mine, Gid Diamond, who's a psychotherapist, a doctor, and a tantra teacher, very beautiful blend of a, of a band. He said, have you heard of Aaron Harris? And I'm like, no. And there was this video that Gid Diamond showed me of Aaron Harris staring through the camera, literally penetrating through the camera with the most soft, loving, divine gaze. Hmm. I think I fell in love back then. And then <laughs> <laughs> what unfolded is I, um, Abby and I came together. This was before Abby and I met. I saw, saw Aaron Harris. We started to co-create. Limitless Love was born. And then we ran our first program. And one of the first people we asked to be a guest was Aaron Harris. And he said, yes. Now, this man is an absolute Jedi when it comes to flow. The reason why, when I messaged Aaron to be on this podcast, I'm like, the reason why I want to interview you and be, for you to be part of the birthing of Visionary Unleashed is because when I talk to you, it's a completely different conversation to everywhere else I speak to people. I listen to so many podcasts and so many interviews, and sometimes it gets to the point where you're like, I've heard that so many times, right? Right. But with Aaron, it's a different conversation. It's a different flow. He's an artist. He's a transformational coach. He runs retreats around the world. He does incredible things with his beloved Chelsea. And uh, I have to say this man inspires me for the energy he holds, the brightness, the smile, the, the clarity of his eyes, the complexion, like just everything about this man. <laughs> and I think back in 2018, I called you the, the king of presence. I think it was you. I think it was that, that moment back in 2018, you did your transmission. And I'm like, bro, king of presence. So that further ado, welcome, brother, Aaron Harris. How are you today, bro? Amazing. Thank you for having me. Thank you for your, your kind words, man. It's been truly an honor. Like my, I, I love that my soul lights up when you reach out to me with anything that you're doing. So I just appreciate you as a brother and as a leader and a collaborator, co-creator. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here with everyone. Amazing. Amazing. So I want to know your secret. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna create more context for that question so actually i'm gonna make this this question a little bit of a mystery and i'm gonna leave the ball in your court for how you answer it okay i like how mystery. do you do how do you do it mm. trust you know, you asked me a while back, I think on the conversation when you called me the king of presence, how is it that you're able to be so present? Like, what's your secret? And I was present when you asked me, so I had no ideas about that in the moment, but I loved what it is that came through. And it's what's coming back to me in this moment. I said, you know, there's many things that I've done to cultivate presence, to nurture that, to practice that. Many, many things I said, but what stands out is trust, mm -hmm. specifically trust in, in life, trust in my heart, 
trust in the divine, that real energetic of deep faith uh, amidst the unknown. The deeper we trust, the deeper I trust, the less things there are to think about because a lot of our thoughts on a day-to-day basis, our thought process is an attempt to either get what we want from life or to make sure we keep ourselves safe. And so the more we trust, the less there is to think about. The other thing that's coming to me is I did a freestyle yesterday, freestyle rap on, on Instagram live. And it was really awesome and fun because I was sitting in my living room here on the North shore in Kauai. And I was like, man, my energy was feeling low. I wasn't feeling creative. And people ask me, not just in the context of artistry and flow, but just in general, like, well, how do you access flow or how do you access creativity when you're blocked or when you're stuck? And that's like, I don't really get stuck. And I'm like, how, how is that even possible? Right. And so what I did was I got on Instagram live to do a freestyle, which is this highly creative expression. But while I was not feeling the mojo while I was not, and I actually freestyled how I do it. And so this is the other thing that's coming to me when you say, what's your secret? It's inclusion, right? It's acceptance. It's this idea of like, life is just happening. Life is happening. We're experiencing feelings, emotions, thoughts, and there's the isness of what's happening. And then there's our relationship to what's happening. So I've developed a relationship with myself and with life and with every single aspect and dimension of my life closer and closer to how love relates I love views. And so take the emotional experience, for example, it's one of the things that I, we're all most challenged by. In fact, when we say we have a challenge or something was really hard or something is really challenging or difficult, we might describe an actual event, a circumstance, but the experience of a challenge is always emotional. And so I have developed this relationship with my emotions more like love which is there's no emotion that is more valuable or less valuable than another through the eyes of love. Of course, on a human level, qualitatively, like I'd rather feel inspired than feel apathetic maybe, or it would be more beneficial to feel empowered than to feel, you know, disconnected. However, from a a point of view of value and equality, I have intentionally, deliberately fallen in love and fallen in love with every single emotion. So if I'm creatively expressing myself, for example, and I get to a moment of feeling like frustrated or stuck, that becomes, that is part of the moment. It's not like like you have to even make it that it just is. And so the acceptance, the embrace of that, it's interesting. What happens is when we can accept anything, we neutralize the charge or the resistance around it. And ironically, when we don't need it to change, when it doesn't have to change from a point of view of judgment, we become one with it. And anything that we come become one with, we essentially become creators again, right? We have the ability to utilize, to direct the power of it because we're not utilizing our power to resist it. That's all. 
Okay, so I'm I'm gonna point something out here because this is this is really this is this is this is gonna give the people listening and watching something really interesting. So uh by no stretch of the imagination do I believe at this early on in the uh the podcast game I'm an extraordinary interviewer. I would say that I'm learning. And what's so interesting about my relationship with Aaron and how much I trust that he has got himself is I just threw you straight in the deep end. And you just demonstrated <laughs> what you share. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like usually in a in a in a in an interview, you want to warm the speaker up. You want to get them comfortable in the space, and then you go a bit deeper over time. That's my understanding, at least. I just threw you straight in the deep end, and you responded by accepting it and almost making it a part of the experience. And what you just shared, I just watching the people on the screen here, and people just took notes on what you just shared. You know, so I just want to I just want to take a second just to acknowledge you for that because it's one thing for a, an artist, a speaker, a, um, a philanthropist, or anybody to um, say something that sounds correct or sounds like it works, but then to actually personify that while saying it—that's artistry. That's the embodied artist. You know, so full respect, brother. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you for throwing me in the deep end. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I knew you'd swim. Where uh, me, 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 and you both are uh, re- reframing this black man can't swim thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, and black men don't like cold. I, I, when I'm out here in Hawaii, I, I roll, ride the bike up the street to the cold pond. Mm-hmm. I never thought like I would actually look forward to it, but yeah, the cold is my friend now. Yeah. It's interesting, brother, because you have a um, there's a, there's an aspect of you that I feel people have reflected back to me over time as well, and there is an and you're a reference for sometimes how people speak about me, in essence, right? So, what the the core of it is is that something, quote unquote, will happen. Something will happen in our environment or in our reality, and then there is not a reaction to what's happened, if that makes sense. Makes sense. So there's not yep. a like, oh fuck, something's happened right? Example being a glass breaks on the floor, shatters, water everywhere or cacao everywhere. And majority of people are like, oh shit, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck. But in that moment, it's like deciding I can do that. But is, is, is the water or the cacao getting cleaned up faster? Is right. that actually, is that actually going to make sure that someone doesn't cut their foot or is that adding to the panic that creates more pain? And the almost inevitability of something negative happening, you know. So I love that you serve as that reflection uh, for me in a lot of ways. And um, the reason why I feel that's really meaningful is I can speak for myself. But I'd love to hear from from you when it comes to the ins and outs of artistry and entrepreneurship and doing what you love, right? Because inevitably, when we're doing the things that we love, we're going to meet things that are challenging. Not every single part of what we do, we're going to be number one genius. Sad or number two, really get excited to do every single time. So I'd love you to kind of speak to to that flow within your kind of like the moments, yes, when you're facilitating, but also those behind the scene moments when you're in the creative process, kind of when no one's seeing. You know, how do you kind of navigate that, and what's your kind of thought forms that are connected to that? Yeah, I over time have. <laughs> intentionally at first it was just happening through observation and I guess through like my the process of like just evolving and changing but I've 
I've changed my relationship to, to failure and to success um, in a really deep fundamental way. And one of the things that I realized um, quite some time ago is that there's nothing wrong with, you know, having a metric of success or failure and having an intention, a vision, a goal, a plan and moving towards something and being like, oh, okay, this is working. It's not working, right? Where it really becomes problematic is that when we consciously or unconsciously are saying, I am a success, I am a failure, you know, and using our creatorship, even the word I am a failure and internalizing some association with our innate value and self-worth based on succeeding or failing. And what I've discovered in truth is that our self-worth just is. It's, it's actually, it just is. It doesn't go up or down based upon how successful we are at anything in life or how much we're failing. Our self-worth, our value, our innate fundamental value for being and our innocence and who we are does not actually change based on succeeding or failing. And so over time, that realization, that revelation has been put in, in practice so many times, you know, I, I liken it to a baby learning to walk, right? You know, when I, when I see that and when I feel that, and this is something I'm realizing as I'm speaking it out loud right now, uh, I, I have goals, but some included in my goals is who I want to be. So when I see and feel the essence, the energetic state of a baby learning to walk and like, you know, trial and error, falling, tripping, bump. I mean, you know, way better than I do. <laughs> you have, have a baby. I don't have a baby right now, but like the, 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 there's not any concept of failure and on an identity level. And that to me is a state of pure liberation. It's a state of pure exploration, pure curiosity. It's like, and that's life. And so I, what I'm saying is in my expansion and my growth and my evolution on how I navigate certain things, this is something fundamental that once I have a revelation, I have a realization and I have some, a, a bit of wisdom, I go after it. So I'm like, I want to return to a natural childlike state of innocence. And I want to be that way when I'm creating anything. I want to be that way in my business. I want to be, be able to be that way when the stakes are high, when it's, you know, game seven, metaphorically speaking, and the whole world is watching or when money's on the line. And I have intentionally trained up this state of liberation, the state of being able to engage and be in a process and, and skillfully and also just hu humbly dismantled and, and, and unlinked my self-worth from succeeding and failing. So I'm saying that to say that, you know, that's something that's underneath the hood. That's something that is kind of almost automatic when I'm navigating challenge or adversity or change, my ability to navigate it. And one of the, probably one of the reasons why it can happen fairly quickly is because a lot of the time that it takes to move through any process, any transformational process, any, you know, problem coming into solution or 
healing. Part of what takes time and effort is these things that are operating underneath the surface, like even in personal development and healing, like I'm succeeding at it. I'm doing the right thing. You know, it's working, right? Or I'm not, I'm not succeeding at it. And having this extra weight of meaning, like, what does it mean about me? I should know this. I'm a leader. You know, I've studied this stuff. Oh, it's that thing again. You know what I mean? So, um, so when I'm navigating, uh, these are some of the things like the, the returning to that childlike nature, that state of liberation, that state of acceptance, and really remembering the purity of my heart and my intentions, you know, and that means something. It means, it, it, it means something, you know, we're in a world today with the whole, like, you know, uh, cancel culture. And I feel like in ways we've, we've, we've gone from being careless to being careful, right? In an attempt to come into a state of caring. And, and I'm kind of dovetailing here for a moment, but it, it it's part of how I'm answering the question, right? I take these as signals, right? Because being careless is like caring less about others or about someone than you do about yourself. This is where we become like kind of short-sighted, narrow-minded, maybe narcissistic, or kind of like on our high horse, and there's side effects, there's consequences, right? We either feel them or we ignore them. And it's going to be a call, like if you're listening or if we get your ass kicked good enough, it's going to call you towards carrying into a more balanced state, right? But what happens sometimes is we go from being careless and feeling the consequences, making the mistakes. And because we, 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 uh, we we don't want to make mistakes again. We don't want to make the same mistake. We might go to being careful. And this is like walking around on eggshells, right? And they're both disempowered states and they're both invitations into the center, which would be caring, which is where love exists. So that's also part of my, <laughs> you said, on how do I, how do I navigate? These are, I guess you could say, kind of like frameworks for how I even evaluate and interpret or listen sometimes to um, what's needed in any point of growth or expansion or learning. So I'm gonna so what I find that. fascinating. Yeah, I mean that was that was a brilliant answer. And uh, it, it it begged a question while she was sharing. And I'm there's a curiosity I have because when someone has the level of ability to um, dissect or call maybe the psyche and the habitual nature, but also the threads of consciousness that are alive on the planet that you do. Generally, that person has a relationship with contemplation and their, their own way of evaluating circumstances or things that are unfolding in the planet. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm really curious what, what that process is for you, because there's one version over here where you know, the, the more standard version is you meditate on an idea. Like, so you see, say a particular thing that unfolded in the environment or with humanity, and then you contemplate it, you move through your own emotions around it. And then from that place, you can kind of see more truth. Um, that's kind of like the more kind of standard way to do it. And I know for you, you're, you're more, um, you're more, you're quite a bit more in kind of life. I don't necessarily see you meditating for three hours every single day. Maybe you have it one part of your life, but I'm curious about that. I'm curious about just that, that process of you seeing reality 
and then mm-hmm. connecting that and then see, like it's almost as if because because the reason why I'm asking this particular question is what you shared before begged the question of like there's a decision of what you're choosing to see and you're not mm-hmm. trying to see nothing you're actually trying to see more right you're trying to see more dimension because because what I also understand is you're not overly trying to be positive either you it's almost mm-hmm. like you're wanting to filter it through truth and like you're, right. you're almost like meditating on what's the actual truth here in some sense. But I want to pass it back to you. I think you're picking up what I'm putting down because there's a, there's yeah. a process that you're doing or in or comes natural to you that seems to be quite powerful because what I see the benefit of your gift or your skill set perhaps is that it allows you to stay in more momentum. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the moment it, it does, you know, it goes back to the freestyle thing and inclusion it's like momentum even nature even when it's still it's always it's dynamic it's alive right even in its still state and so this the the sensation of feeling stuck or losing momentum really is a mental projection it's not it's not an actual thing it's how we're processing or defining something how we're internalizing it that can stop the momentum and there's so many assumptions that we we can make. And so, like when I ask questions, for example, um, I'm I'm listening from my heart, and I'm listening from a space of. Uh, it's so interesting to try to put it in words because sometimes it's occurring to me as a process, and sometimes I think it's just so natural because it's been so practiced. But listening beyond assumption. Right. Like an assumption could be like, I made a mistake. Right. And you might in a practical sense, literally make a mistake. Like that's the actual manifestation and you tend to that. But sometimes we're, we're assessing our reality and what's happening from the, the, the mind here, here's a very tangible example. I actually just thought about this one yesterday. It's like in relationship when we say, I know my partner, right? What does that even mean? Right? And the the potential danger in that, especially if you're trying to gain a momentum, or create something or kind of evolve, or there's some forward momentum, when you say like, I know my partner, that, that now becomes a mental projection that is clouding your listening because you're listening through a lens. And so I'm really good about sensing when I have a lens, an assumption, a perception, a belief. And I'm really sensitive to that with other people because it's these types of things that kind of clouds our ability to listen and and, and not have our listens conditioned to some idea of something that we know. And so I really, I really kind of, I guess, dance with the known and the unknown, like respect the knowledge and wisdom that I have and wherever it's useful while simultaneously being open and receptive. And when we can do both of those at the same time, that's a really good way to dance with life, you know, to, to take the integrated wisdom from the lessons learned Ideally, it takes us back to a space of open-hearted innocence, humility, and listening. And so I dance between these two 
probably when I'm looking at any situation or navigating something, it's like I have my own ideas, but I don't hold so tightly to them that it actually constricts my ability to listen to the higher intelligence that has a broader perspective always. What I'm really appreciating what you're sharing is how many dimensions that you take one teaching or one thought or one perhaps even truth and expand it through all of reality. So what's interesting about that is I'll use an example, right? So how I experience myself and human beings in general is that we will agree to something and perhaps it is that self-responsibility is important, right? Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll all agree that that's probably a really important thing for us also to look at, but then how we frame self-responsibility yeah. still validates the things that we don't want to let go of or the shadows you want to continue to play out. Right. What I love to the way that you speak is it goes to those dimensions where it makes you, again, it's this thing of seeing more. It's this like desire to see more, see more. And that's why I said dimensions. Cause I'm like, it's almost as if on our path, on our journey, you could share something with somebody that was, you know, 10 years ago or myself 10 years ago. And you say self-responsibility. And there's one definition that, that, that 10 year old, 10 years ago version of me would be like, oh yeah, I understand. And then me after a few ayahuasca retreats and me going really deep with the medicine and then doing some breath work and whatever else five years ago, boom, understands it differently again. And then the person that sits before us now or yourself right now, the dimension to which you see is completely different. You know, so I'm really acknowledging that because this is Visionary Unleashed. This podcast is called Visionary Unleashed. And I think what we're discussing here pertains to everything, relationships, music, your relationship to your business, money, scaling your business, making money, making impact. This is all the same thing because the more that we can see, the more we can approach and prepare. And not only prepare in terms of get prepared physically, I mean, energetically prepare ourselves to be in a space. Uh, it says you may have a better word than prepare. Uh, <laughs> perhaps it's even like synchronize with the space, you know. And uh, it, it just make, it reminds me of the moment when I, there was that uh, event called Feminine Weapon in LA. I think it was the first one mm. in person. And yeah. I think we'd either caught up in person before or afterwards, but I will, I'll never forget kind of watching you walk into the room and uh, you walked in. I remember exactly what you were wearing and it was crystal, like crystal clear. I have like photographic memory and how you walked in. And before I saw you, I'm like, Oren's in the room. I was like, O's in the room. Where's O? Like I knew you were going to be the MC. So I'm like, oh, I could feel you. I'm like, I hadn't seen you for the first 30 minutes, but then there you were. And I'll never forget just the, this moment where I looked at you and you were taking in the entire room. You were like really, truly taking in the entire room. It was almost as if you were taking snapshots of the energy of the room. That's kind of what it looked like, at least from, as an observer. You know, now I have no idea what's happening in your mind or in your body, but that's how I was experiencing it. And um, the interesting thing that I, that I, my sense is, whether that's conscious or unconscious, is it's almost in some ways, maybe it is preparation, but it's almost coming into the space where you can start to 
almost merge with the space, which is what I would say you definitely do. Whenever you come into any space, when I, my experience of you is as a merging, like you merge with the consciousness of Visionary Unleash, you merge with the consciousness of, you know, Unify 2.0, whatever it is, because you always seem to be able to fall into sync and speak things that are so alive without me even preparing you for it, if that makes sense. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I'm, I'm really curious, what is a really powerful step for somebody that wants to be able to see more? One of the main reasons people come to limitless love in general, but visionary unleashed in the core of this is, is being able to see more. I'm going to say, see more, see more truth, see more clarity. Like what is something that people can walk away with and go, Oh wow. And practice. Well, the more you're willing to see, the more you'll see, the more you're willing to see and the more transparent you become to yourself, the more life becomes transparent and reveals itself to you. The more you're willing to see. And so one way to exercise that is to ask with compassion, but with honesty, what am I not willing to see? What a, where, where do I pretend? When we pretend to not know something, we actually cloud our vision and we erode our sense of self-trust. When we pretend to not know something, I like to say sometimes the illusion of confusion Right. Just as an example, walk, walk you through an example of how, how to expand vision. Right. It's like if someone comes to me and says, you know, I'm thinking about starting this new business and um, I've been working on it for, uh, for a while. And I'm, I, I, I want to take a leap of faith, but I'm still like working at this job and I'm just, I, I'm confused. I don't know if it's because it's time. Like they start going into this mental thing and say, I'm confused. Well, what would be more true to say is I'm afraid. As soon as you change your language and say something more true, you actually expand your vision, even if you become more uncomfortable, right? Because that's usually what's happening in a scenario like that is you already have an inner resonance. You already have a clarity inside you. It's trying to build a momentum, right? You may not know all, all the details. You may not know how. You may not know the next 10 steps, but there's a clarity. Like, like I resonate with this. I don't resonate with this. Or I love this, or I don't love this. This is aligned. That's not aligned. And so there's always a clarity. Like deep in the center of our being, we know who we are. We know what's aligned. We know what resonates with us. Our body will let us know. Our spirits will let us know. And so when we say I'm confused, it's our, the, the ego mind in, in fear, trying to be the captain of the ship, trying to like sort out all the details, which is really a form of protection. So that's one of the ways we stop momentum when we cloud vision. We just say, you know what? I'm confused. I'm not really sure when we actually are. We may not be sure, but we're sure there's a surety. There's a clarity always existing inside of us. And so just that simple language shift from, and I've done this with people and myself, somebody says, I'm confused. And I said, is that really true? What are you confused about? They're like, well, they're like weighing them like, but are you confused though? Or are you really just afraid? Right? 
you're hiding your own truth from you, or you're not letting it populate your body and your being and gain a momentum because your mind is afraid. It's already like, well, I don't know what's going to happen if I take that next step. And that sounds scary. And because I don't want to feel the fear, I'll just say I'm confused. So then when we try to, when we're in this confused state, and then we start trying to seek clarity. I don't care how genius we are, how intelligent we are about extrapolating, pontificating. When we're doing it from the state where our vision's already blocked, then we can't really gain any momentum. So the second we say, actually, I do have a lot of clarity. I do know what I love. I do know what I resonate with here. I'm afraid. Of course, that that emotion that you were suppressing is probably going to is going to get a little bit louder. But what's happening is consciousness is now expanding. Presence is coming in and vision. So then if you want to see more, now you've just taken the blindfold off because you spoke something. You gave an assessment that's closer to the truth. Does that does that connect? I see some people raise your hand if that makes sense, right? I and think so that was a massive level, screen, this, a massive mic drops. <laughs> so that level of self honesty to just synthesize like the 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 answer to your question, radical self honesty, and I say with compassion, and like which is the like the softer feminine side, unconditional acceptance, compassion, non judgment and fierce honesty, right? Don't get ahead of yourself. Well, what, what's this going to mean? It's like, no, and this is how we start to come into resonance with the clarity that is already inside of us. And this to me is, is vision. And so like, you want to see more, be willing to see. So in this example, be willing to see, I'm actually just afraid. You know, I'm overanalyzing, pontificating, going because I'm, because I'm afraid. And so the the you you can reveal more truth right that's the masculine energy that's going to reveal the momentum of direction and action and you can apply love where necessary right if you say i'm afraid okay well, what am i afraid of truly and 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 get more intimate with the fear this also expands vision i give an example of this this lady came to me one day and she's like, I've got this new business idea. You know, she's a successful businesswoman, a mom, and she was feeling stuck. Right. I was like, you're not stuck. <laughs> right. Stuck's a feeling, but what, how, what can you prove to me that you're stuck? So we got past that. And then she's like, well, I'm afraid. I said, what are you afraid of? She said, I'm afraid the business might fail. And I was like, what do you mean? What is fair? Like in what way? Right. She's like, well, you know that I won't make enough. The, the business won't make enough money. I said, OK, well, that might be inconvenient, you know, but but are you afraid that the business won't, won't make money? Like, why are you afraid of that? Not do you like it or dislike it, but why are you afraid of that? And she said, well, then I, you know, I wouldn't be able to provide for my family. And I basically asked her, I just kept going and getting more intimate. So this would be the process, right? And what I'm saying is this process expands vision. 
because truth expands vision. And so she said, I'm afraid of this. And I was like, I hear you, but I don't feel you. I was like, are you afraid of that though? You don't want it to happen, but are you afraid of it? Okay. It doesn't make enough money. Then what would happen? She's like, well, then I wouldn't be able to feed my kids. And I said, honest, be honest with me. Do you actually think that if this business failed or did not make enough money that you wouldn't feed your kids? I said, is that true? And she looked at me with that, you know, infinite mama bear, infinite spirit, like hell to the hell. No, like, no, I would never let my kids starve. I said, exactly. So you're not actually afraid of that. So what are you afraid of? And we kept going down. And what it came down to was um, you, being in the presence of those that she enrolled in her vision that believed in her and feeling one moment of shame. I said I was going to do something. And, and, and I got all these people to believe in me and to love me and to support me and to root for me. And I failed. It's the feeling of shame. And so I've said before, all fear is a fear of feeling. You can say, no, I'm afraid to lose my money. It's like, okay, that's a circumstance. That's a manifestation. All fear is a fear of feeling. It's, it usually comes down to one feeling that we are terrified or have a really difficult time feeling in our physical body and permeating. And so we got, when we got down to that, I'm like, that's where all your power is. You're saying all these other things about the business and whatnot, but what's really jamming you up is you're using, you were using your life force and part of your power and your consciousness to succeed, not just to succeed, but to make sure that you don't feel this one moment, this one feeling, this one vibration, shame. And that's where the love needs to be applied. And that's where the love was applied in this example, which then freed up the energy and the life force. And how that translates to vision is when you free up energy that's being used in survival to keep ourselves from feeling shame, you free up life force, you free up consciousness, you free up presence, you free up vision. So you can see, so now when she's looking at her business and her business plan or any aspect or any part of it or anything in the forward momentum, you're seeing more. Give me some snaps if that resonates. If You, <laughs> you may right. have just delivered the best business advice anyone's ever given somebody in that moment. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, that shit is dope. And again, speaking to what I shared before of um, the reason why I know, uh, the reason why I will continue to, con to continue to bring you to our community always because you embody what you speak about. The fact that you can even see that and hold space that's, for her to see that is because yeah, that's how you see it. <laughs> and, and to the thing that I said is that the more you're willing to see in yourself, the more you'll see. So it's also because I apply that to myself. I look at all the relevant points, but I get down to the root, right? I'll give an example. What, like there's been several big ones and I'm sure there'll be continue to be several. One of them was like uh, a fear of being misunderstood. 
that that my internal world and my truth and who I am would be misunderstood or that I'm projected on or somebody's judging me and like I'm inside myself being like, but that 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 I used to have a, a resistance to feeling misunderstood. And one response to that, it actually helped me master communication, um, which is relevant because I am a communicator. But when I had the realization that that was actually limiting me, that that is actually taking power, which was amplifying the desire to, um, to understand myself more, really. This is an example of like seeing deeper into myself, seeing beyond the surface. The surface would be like, oh, well, of course, understanding and being understood is highly functional. It's great in relationships and it is an actual true desire. But sometimes the truth, meaning that that being a true value that I have understood being it's like communication. Sometimes we can use the truth to hide something else. It's like, OK, yes, that's true. And why do I feel like I need, need, this is the feeling, like I need to be understood, right? And really exploring that, you know, and going deeper to like what's really in my heart and then finding the truth, <laughs> applying the love and the compassion, which can just come through being present and like, oh, wow, there's a certain feeling when I'm in a moment describe any a thousand different types of moments where it's that moment where someone says something or I say something and someone is interpreting it different than I mean it or they're projecting on me. And in that moment, there's a visceral sensation in my body and emotional and it's and in my mind. And that's like, that's the prison. That's the prison. So I go into it to see myself. And the side effect of that is then when I'm sitting in front of somebody, if they're having a similar type of thing happening, it's transparent to me. I'm like, oh yeah, you're saying I don't want to be stuck. And it's literally, it's like, I can see it, but I'm constantly engaging with myself in that way to find what do I truly, truly want? Like what's the essence of what's desired here? And to use the example of being understood, raise your hand if you can relate to that, by the way like the pain of being misunderstood or the desire to be understood. Um, what, I, what I realized as I would see myself deeper in that and to come into deeper intimacy is I also had a desire to not have to explain myself, which is really, <laughs> so I, like, I, I got so badass at explaining myself, but then I would leave conversations and the person be like, oh, cool, that makes sense got you. But then I would leave going, this person doesn't really get me though, but they don't know me. And that, that aloneness, that, into, that I realized that I was setting myself up by not even giving an opportunity to be understood beyond my facilitating. Right. And, and that is the equivalent of seeing myself, right. And seeing what I really want in my own heart. And magically, or it seemed like magic at the time, not only was I fulfilled, not only did the need to be understood dissipate, which is showing me that wasn't the core desire, then magically more people understood me, whether I was being more articulate or not, because I got to the core 
the core essence of what I was desiring beneath the desire. Does that make sense? Yeah. And when, when you do that, tying it into vision, it expands your vision because now you're seeing more, you're seeing something that you weren't seeing. When you, you're willing to see something that you were actually consciously or unconsciously <laughs> blinding yourself from, right? Then it's just like more consciousness, more presence, more sight, more sight, more sight. And so then life just becomes more transparent to you as you become more transparent to yourself. So what are you not willing to see? What, you know, if it's in the realm of judgment, what judgment, here's a good, powerful question. I know you got a question too. What judgment are you not willing to receive that if you were willing to receive it would liberate you? And by receive it, I don't mean like you would internalize it or believe it or take it on. I'm just saying, what is that one comment? You know, yeah, you get like a hundred good comments and it's that one comment, right? What is the one thing that somebody could say that just makes you cringe the most? What is that? Right. And what if you were willing to receive it? Because if you're willing to receive it, then you're taking your consciousness energy, your presence, your vision, your power. And instead of trying to make sure that that doesn't happen, you free up your energy. And I'm not saying like it. I'm just saying if you're willing to receive it, then you take yourself out of the defense of receiving it or feeling that feeling, which again, expands vision. So anyway, that was a lot, but. That is a very, that is definitely a lot, but I think it's very, very deep. And um, if someone listens to what you just shared back a handful of times and really understands that it has the capacity to transform so many things in their life, not just their vision or their business, but like their relationships and everything else included. What I find fascinating about that is, is one of the things we say often, or I've been saying a lot in this podcast so far is what we really want to create is the ability to see the evidence for the success and momentum. One of the things that we default to is we look for evidence for failure. We look for evidence that something's not going to work or we're not going to be loved or whatever else that may be. And what's interesting is that what you just shared then, there's two parts to it. One part I see, it's the willingness to meet your biggest, your deepest fear, essentially. Right. I think for mm -hmm. many of us, like when I was, when you were asking that question, I was thinking to myself, it's almost to be ostracized from the community to yeah. be made and villainized and be made wrong for who I am or what I do. You know, I think that's what come up for me when you were sharing that. Uh, so that's one part of it. And what I love about it is that when you're giving yourself permission and practicing asking to see more truth about yourself and about life itself, what you then start to see is more evidence, right? And if I look at say nature as an example of that evidence the evidence of abundance in nature is so beyond our ability to fully grasp it that we could literally drive down the street, drive to the next park and be amazed by how abundant it is. And then we'll drive 10 minutes down the street again and go to the ocean and be amazed again and keep driving all around the entire globe. It wouldn't matter what country you're in. Most countries you're in, you will find beauty and abundance. So what's interesting about that and you mentioning that is that it's always present. The joy, oh, yeah. the love, the excitement, the transformation, the beauty, the the ev the evidence of success, or even better than success, like abundance and you having your needs actually met, it's 
always here and it's present. And I think what's interesting is that when we stop wanting to see the truth, what happens is we then shut our vision down to a smaller frame of reference and our RAS starts looking for evidence for failure or I'm not going to be loved or whatever else we fill in the blank. And uh, I find that really powerful for us all to really sink in deeper to. In a moment, guys, what I will do is I'll invite you guys to actually ask O some questions. My request is if you guys could pop them into the into the the chat box and actually make them as succinct and clear as you can. This was really easy to digest and respond to. And then if O needs to ask for a further clarification on a question, he can. But try and make it as clear as we can so it's super concise and easy to easy to answer. I want to want to add something to what you said okay. is that here, here's here's another thing that you can intentionally do that might require some bravery it's just expand your definition of success to include your soul's definition to include your heart's definition i think sometimes we separate those and we create the illusion that like oh i don't actually want the truth and we create this illusion that other people you know, don't want the truth. Like they may not like it, but the being, another being in their center, in their heart, their true self, we actually desire it. And so in this example of the woman that I gave you in the fear of shame, hidden inside there is an actual desire that she was disconnected from. It is the desire for intimacy, right? That moment of shame, right? Feeling like judgment, instead of defending against feeling judgment, the deeper desire of the soul of the heart is to be in communion and to be in intimacy and to be willing to be in a moment with someone and be intimate. And so that's another thing that just came to me. It's like actually claim the deeper desire that you might think you don't want, but your soul actually wants, which is truth. So we desire truth. And the more you desire, and even if you just admit like, become a lover of truth. I didn't say a liker of it. You might not like it. It might be inconvenient. It might be challenging, but the more you become a lover of truth, the less interested you are in hiding from it. And so it just becomes more available to you. So we actually want these things, the very thing that we're hiding from or thinking we don't want, there's an actual desire in there. And, and that's, like you said, that allows you to see more of what's present and to see the success and to see the abundance that's present. And the example of this woman, maybe she sits before her community is like, hey, I feel embarrassed. And then what gets revealed to her when she steps into that intimate moment with brave vulnerability is the abundance of love that's present that she couldn't actually receive because she was in her mind thinking, oh my God, everybody's going to be judging me and no one's going to support me anymore. No one's going to believe. So that's lack. And step into intimacy, burn in the fire of truth, lean in, and then suddenly you see what was already there. And I'm not saying that means everybody in the community is going to love her, but this type of moment, I mean, there's, that's just a literal translation of actually being able to see more abundance. So, so I'm going to put, I'm going to put myself forward right now intentionally, uh, as, um, and give you permission to dissect what the story I'm about to share. Yes, please take this wherever you take this, wherever you need to go, wherever it, for it as long as it's the truth. Um, because I want to use this as an example. So, uh, the episode for the podcast after this one is supposed to be Adam Roa. And 
due to the shuffling and the different time zones, I made a mistake. Now, the irony is that we're talking about this, this, this fear of feeling, right? This fear of feeling. And what was interesting is that I had this moment just after, so basically I was on the session last night with this community doing a live business visioning session. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Adam Rowe is messaging me saying, yo, brother, we're meant to be on right now. What's happening, right? I then the next afternoon, this afternoon, see that and go, holy shit. He was thinking, and he told me he actually wanted to be on that time slot and I've made a mistake. Now, what actually happened for me and how I experienced it was I sat there and uh, when I found out, I had that moment, you know, that moment where you, 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 you realize you've quote unquote fucked up. Right. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, in some senses of the word, like didn't freeze, but I kind of went really kind of in, I drew my body drew me in. And then generally, you know, I'm, I, mean, I am a very much an emotional alchemist. I can move through emotions pretty quickly, but for whatever reason, this one stayed for 25 to 30 minutes. And it was a knot in my stomach and it was a heaviness and it was a feeling of, uh, what was interesting is that Abby and her sister were talking and they were in a joyful state. And because I was in that emotion, I couldn't meet them in that. Um, so I just wanted to kind of bring that forward and I'll pass it over to you. Or if you want to just dissect that any way you can, I'm, I'm totally open to wherever you want to take it. But um, it felt like I was in that for longer than I needed to be. And, um, even when I shared with you, cause I shared the story with you before you jumped on the words I shared was, I felt like I let Adam Rowan down, right. Who's a, a close friend of both of us. Right. So anyway, that's, 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 that's my experience of that moment I had just before we got onto this call today. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing brother. What do you, when you say you felt like you let him down, what does that, what does that mean to you? Mm. What it means to me in the context of him is I feel like in our interactions, he was quite precise with the mm -hmm. only time slot he had available because he had to go to ceremony today. Mm -hmm. And I feel that the heavy feeling was I didn't hear him. I didn't listen to him. Like I didn't care enough to listen to him specifically. Mm. And how does that, how does that feel right now as you share it? Uh, because I moved through love, it doesn't feel overly triggering. Mm -hmm. But what I can feel is a mild dissociation though. I can mm -hmm. sense a little bit of dissociation. Um, what's interesting that's coming up now is that he is so... Um, meticulous and uh, precise with his action, right? So you'll say a time and he's very, um, uh, what's the word? Punctual, very punctual. And for mm -hmm. most part I am as well, but the, the, the aspect of him that I really admire is how punctual he is and how clear and direct he is. So it feels mm -hmm. like a dis, a dishonoring of that. Like he's what he's like, his precision and his clarity. I feel like I've dishonored that in some sense. Because you didn't hear him. Now it sounds crazy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever meaning you're associating and internalizing with not hearing someone, 
is is what your mind is calling dishonor and you're seeing i can feel you seeing that that doesn't add up you not hearing him is not the equivalent of dishonoring him it doesn't mean a, a, a there wasn't a miscommunication or a mishap but that's not the weight of it it's not about the, the mistake it's it's the feeling of oh i should have heard him and because i didn't that means i dishonored him right and in a way it's a it's a it's a dishonoring of your own heart in a sense and a disassociation or disconnection from your own heart right so like when you say that and i'm kind of explaining a little bit as this is happening mm -hmm. it doesn't ring true to me that you dishonored him and that's why it feels like that judgment on yourself that you're placing on your own heart and your intention is a way of you dishonoring yourself so it doesn't ring true that you dishonored him So there's an interesting uh, sensation that's here, trying to encapsulate what the feeling is. What I, what I was feeling is in some ways uh, interconnected or, or, or tangled, I'll use the word tangled perhaps, is my projection of myself yeah as it pertains to how the community receives me and then how i feel internally yeah and uh the second the second part of that feeling that i had was oh shit i let the community down it's like fuck our community love adam and that was going to be a really powerful session which will still happen but not in the timing that I originally said it would, right? Um, yeah, it's like I, I'm, I'm kind of feel like I'm, I'm, I'm floating in waters and I'm not clear. But what I will share in this moment is that um, there's something connected, or this thing I'm feeling that is associated to not letting the community down or just like people that are involved within the vision of Vision Unleashed in general, right? And uh, in some ways where I'm attaching the event or the experience or this being a quote unquote success. Yeah. When you, when you say letting people down, I see the practical picture of that. But what I feel when you say that, it's like, because if, if, if you're like, okay, well, I don't want to let people down, which the opposite of that is I want to succeed. It's like, you're so fixed on that. And then even if something happens, it's like, that's kind of like driving, like how you respond and so forth. But in it, while you're doing that, what I feel is what you're not, what attention you're, is not being given to your heart. There's a, there's a disconnect there. This is an example of what I mean when I say using one truth, meaning there is a value on 
doing things the, the way, you know, and, and showing up for people, but using it in a way that's actually obscure, obscuring something else that's happening inside you. And so that feeling is still there. You're probably still feeling it, but you've been so fixated on reconciling, you know, the practical aspect of, you know, making things right, that there hasn't been a, a much attention or presence in what's the actual feeling when you say let people down or let adam down mm -hmm. right because there's there's a there's something being called for in your own heart mm -hmm. that, does that resonate partly partly so the the feeling that i had in my gut which felt like a snake like a slug yeah. almost with stickiness moving through my belly when I was going to message Adam and apologize and, and uh, which does feel congruent and then feel through that experience. I'm sitting there going, whoo. And that feeling felt like a blend of disgust and almost like wronging myself in a way that, that, that was the feeling that I had. It was like a disgust in myself and like a, a wronging of myself in that moment. Uh, it was a small trace of, there's a small trace of something on the left side of my body, but yeah, it feels like most part of the emotion in some ways has been moved, but at the same time, there's a, I'm always curious because for me, uh, I suppose what I'm always desiring is things to be true. And when I say true, I say, I mean, like if I say, oh, I'm going to go and engage in and healing something, mm -hmm. or if I'm going to say, oh, one of the things I've quote unquote overcome is... There's and obviously there's the expansion of the ability of the human to heal over time. And the new layer comes with the new level of expansion. But my, my context is in this moment, at least for what's alive in this moment, like moving past it. Um, yeah, I'm experiencing the, the one thing I'll say to myself is that this, this part of me that always wants to complete something, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I'm curious within myself whether that is this desire for completion. Is it is it within me a fear of a thing, or is it a yeah? It's a curiosity I have because what I can track in the emotional experience or the emotional processing experience is that sometimes, and I'll say this is a general thing, sometimes we're trying to heal something because we like are trying to get away from it. It's like, I just sort of feel it. So it's gone. Right. There's that, there's that feeling. And I felt that in myself before where I'm like, let me just heal it really quickly. So I don't have to deal with it. Like there's almost like this, like, and it's, and it feels like it dishonors. Yeah. The lesson and also the medicine and the healing is. Yeah. I agree. I, I feel that. And I'm, yeah. I'm describing that as it's asking for your attention, like, uncon like, like being with, because if you're being with something so that something else happens, so that you get rid of the feeling, so that you solve the thing, then you're not actually being with yourself the same way you, you're, you're a father now. So this is a great reference point. It would be like if your child had the same feeling, how would you be with him? You can tune into that. If your child had the same feeling and was like, daddy, and, and had these thoughts. And it's like, you know, and I don't want to let people down. If your child had the same feeling, how would you behold your child? How would you be with your child? 
What would you say to him? Yeah, the first the first phrase that came into my mind when you said that because I was seeing him is uh, it's actually impossible to let somebody down uh, in the way that my body's holding it at least. Um, and uh, the other thing that I was feeling is like creating so much spaciousness mm. and like not rushing him. There's no, there's no like you don't have to. It's interesting because at the moment we're holding space for Isaiah's birth trauma. Mm-hmm. And the commitment I have for when he's in that process is I don't care if we're here for three hours. I'm just here with you, you know, and while he cries and rages and goes through his process. It's like everything else is just paused right now. I'm, I'm with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just even the invitation of that coming into the space, I could feel my heart just soften and just almost like I can breathe into my heart again, as opposed to almost feeling only parts of my heart, not my entire heart before. Yeah. Yeah. Raise your hand if you can feel that in him. Yeah. Beautiful, man. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, appreciate that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, now my heart's really illuminated. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And what what medicine too, you know? Um, it's one thing to open the heart, but it's a continual practice, you know. Which, uh, yeah, it's so humbling each and every day. Yeah, that, um, that the the your heart opening is part of what's trying to happen, you know. And then there's the the truth that's already there that gets illuminated like oh it's impossible to let someone down that's actually just an idea mm. you know that's seems like the goal you know yeah. or the, it's not it's it's actually protect it's a form of protection yeah if i if i if i come into the higher perspective for a moment i i take it to, to my son if i were to have a conversation with him about it granted he could speak uh what i would probably say to him is that the reason why it's impossible to let somebody down is that we have then created an illusion that we can to validate something that feels un, uh, disconnected or unworthy within. But the reality of our existence is that we're doing our thing. We're attracting what we're attracting for the evolution of humanity. So as long as we can zoom out, maybe we can't see the full truth right now, but over time you will see why that happened for you in essence. And, um, Basically, it's so interesting because it's it's creating a level of safety, as you were saying, bringing enough love into a space so the healing can actually happen. Because mm-hmm. whilst that isn't present, whilst we're rushing to get somewhere, whilst I'm trying to heal something too quickly, right? It's it's creating contraction, and it's saying you're not worthy of being here. So let's slow you down. Let's 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 cramp that up. Let's lock a part of that away. However, when there is enough space and safety and as you said love it's like this thing can exist for as long as it needs to and it doesn't need to be timed or measured and it can move as it moves you know so yeah i appreciate you brother and i want to acknowledge just um the safety that you emit as well it's uh it's very very felt yeah my my pleasure and and when it comes to integrity 
you know, there, it, it illuminates a deeper integrity that's already in you, right? Because when you say, I don't want to let my community down, that's really, and then, and then you have a picture of like what it looks like to deliver, right? That would be the, the picture of success. But again, part of that picture of success that's even deeper and more rooted and more stable is the willingness to be a leader and to step up and, and like you're doing right now. Raise your hand if you can feel like just the honor and the integrity, right? And so the part of you that's judging yourself or was is not seeing that the what you were defining as a, a, a failure or letting down how you're responding is actually still the integrity, right? Being willing to meet the intimacy of the moment with Adam, with the community, you know, and 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 that is your integrity, right? So this idea that comes from the judgment that we're like out of integrity or like we let someone down, which has the feeling like I did something wrong. Um, yeah, full circle. This is the intimacy. This is that this strengthens the community rather than the mind going, oh, I let them down. So it's it's you know disempowering the community. So yeah, hundred percent, brother. And I think there's there's something that's fascinating. One one of the things I've always said: the unspoken value of limitless love. And I think it's really deeply a personal value that I've never necessarily categorized as a value is intimacy. You know, if I look at a lot of the pain we experience on the planet, I feel like intimacy is the gap. Yeah. And my understanding of how do we get to more intimacy? It's more honesty. You know, yeah, it's, it's it's just like what's what's just here, like what's 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 right here on the front of my heart that I'm afraid to say that is the wall between me and you being more intimate right now. Yeah, you know, and it and, creates more it creates more stability and more trust, not less. You know, it's it, it's like the the ego's version of that is don't fuck up, be perfect, and then that will be stable. But ironically, that actually is unstable. Right. It's actually unstable when we have some of our energy, you know, uh, in like not being willing to or not wanting to let people down. What I'm saying is energetically that that actually creates more instability. Conversely, ironically, it's the willingness to meet the moment with intimacy, the willingness to uh, to respond and to show up and meet the moment. Our, the judgmental part of us is defining that as fucking up, but because you're showing up, it's actually creating more stability, not less in the yeah. ecosystem, in the community, in the relationship. It's actually more trustworthy, right? <laughs> Obviously, you're not, you're not trying to fuck up or whatever, but it, it, it's, it's one of the ways that we actually develop deeper trust in our relationships that our ego doesn't like or can't even comprehend. It's how do we respond in adversity together, you know, and who do we show, how are we willing to show up in that it actually creates a strength. What I find really interesting and one of the things we spoke about before behind the scenes was collaboration, right? And how alive that is at the moment, not just like for us, but in general for the collective. And um, there's been a lot of, uh, big conversations with a lot of people behind the scenes that we've been having with different organizations, et cetera. And, um, and just, just in, just in general, like we're constantly having these kind of big conversations and the irony in the last eight to 10 months, there's been a few experiences where something has come up very early 
in the agreement or of the conversations in the collaboration or the partnership that bring up like, oh, there's something here. Mm-hmm. And the last two times something like that has unfolded, I said, I'm actually really stoked this has happened now, right? With one one of the people I'm thinking about in my mind, it was a money thing. And I'm like, oh, thank you. This is so epic. And, and it was really interesting because I, she messaged me something and I messaged back instantly. And I'm like, I was so excited. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I am stoked because this is happening now because we get to really feel how we navigate the challenging experiences early so that we know two years down the track when we're building and things are soaring and we're on fire and we're loving life that we have actually got each other's back. And I'm like, that to me is more meaningful than it being two years later. And then the skeleton comes out the closet and I'm all of a sudden I'm like, Oh fuck, I never saw that side of you. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Great example. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I always, uh, you know, it reminds me when I first, the first actual face-to-face date I had with Abby and something told me to tell her the scariest thing that I could tell her. And what I realized afterwards, because I didn't know, I didn't know quote unquote why at the time, but I told her the thing that I was the most afraid to tell her. And what it ended up resulting in is now I tell her everything and she doesn't flinch. I can tell her the things that you shouldn't say to your partner. And she's like, that's so amazing, babe. But the, awesome. the level the level of acceptance because of the willingness to meet in truth from the beginning is so important, you know. So I really want to um, just really highlight this for people. You know, honesty is such a key aspect of basically the fabric of our reality. When we really think about all of existence, you know, it's like, you know, sometimes truth comes first and the love comes in afterwards. And um, tr- fear that is a man-made, a man-made thing. Fear is not God. God did not make fear. <laughs> it's a man-made construct. The only way to dispel the fear, which blocks the intimacy, blocks the flow of abundance, blocks the flow of the progression of something, blocks our creativity, truth is the medicine. It, Boy. it just pierces. Yeah. It just pierces. Good, bad, like it, not like it. It just it just pierces, you know, and it's it's always present if we're willing to willing to meet it and be with it and, and value it. You know, I think that that's, you know, another foundational value that can strengthen, well, one, your relationship with yourself, but with another person is like, if you have a shared value on something that's uncomfortable, but you know, is beneficial, then you can, you know, it's really empowering. Yeah. 100%. I also want to speak as well to the, when you, when you, as somebody that is, you know, doing the thing in the world, the uh, the opportunity you have when you have a mirror, right? Because it's one thing for me to sit by myself, and according to all of my charts, astrology, human design, etc., all the all the different metrics that people have bring to me at different times. One of the things that people have said to me is, "You're really effective at processing by yourself, right? You're actually really efficient at it," and still sometimes it is really effective to have somebody else to bounce off because they can see what you can't see right now in that moment i had the the ability to go even deeper into that because i had oh they're giving me even more reflection and he can have his own felt experience of what i'm experiencing which gave a new dimension to what i was experiencing you know so i just want to really highlight that as well because even though i've done a lot of work which is a stupid quote in the first place <laughs> it's more it more should be saying i've lived a lot of life but we all lived a lot right. of life you know in essence right um it, it doesn't actually really 
doesn't really actually mean anything. It's just something that we say to almost kind of stay somewhere, if that makes sense, or to kind of validate who we think we might be. But I want to bring it to some of the questions that are here. And um, let's have a look in the, let's have a look in the chat box here. Is there any nice specific questions that we have relative? It could be related to what we've been discussing. It could be relative to specifically around business or art or creations or vision. I uh, really want to invite the community to share what's what comes through that you can that we that we have the divine black Jesus's presence here with us. <laughs> How, even uh, even Harry Mack called you black Jesus. <laughs> this this is just literally randomly inside of our our Airbnb. Chelsea wow. bought it. Chelsea bought it out. That's wow. Hilarious. So yeah. perfect. I did I did see I did see Harry Mack, someone that really inspires me, create a video for you for your birthday. And I was just like, holy shit, he knows. Oh, and I was having the whole moment, like fully jumping up and down in the house. Uh Harry Mack's a legend. Maybe one day we're getting on the podcast. But um, yeah, I did see you you actually uh you guys are connected in some way. Yeah, yeah. I did a couple like dojos with him and had him at an event of mine. I mean, I haven't spoken with him in a while. Um, but yeah, he, he's, he's phenomenal. Like he's definitely someone that I, in, in the realm of freestyling for sure. He's, he's the goat. Yeah. He's the goat. Yeah. Yeah. He's mind blowing. And he's just a great, it's a great guy too. All right. We got some questions coming through here. Shall I, uh, shall I read them out and you can, you can answer them? Yeah. Yeah. Aaron, once you have self-awareness that you are seeing a situation through conditioning or the filters, how do you specifically put the, have put them aside so you can engage in the truth of the situation? So once you have the self-awareness that you're seeing a situation through conditioning, so you recognize it, okay, how do you specifically put, put them aside so you can gauge the truth of the situation? Um, Questions is one way, you know, asking, asking a powerful question, um, whether that is, you know, what needs to be seen, what, um, how do I feel like questions is one way that you can begin to engage once you recognize that there is some sort of conditioning or filter, um, and I, I like to dance with the, I, I call like the masculine, and the feminine, like all the water and the fire and, and just listen for like what's actually needed right now. We kind of did a, an example of this with you where it was happening just looking at through this lens of like the unconditional acceptance and being with and allowing just like the, the raw emotional content to be. And then what happens is that the, that the fire, which would be the truth the direction, the action, the clarity, the insight um, really starts to gain a momentum and being able to, I guess, know what's needed or move through that process is, I'm usually doing some version of that with myself or someone else as I'm listening and as I'm uh, moving into the truth. So there's the emotional truth, right? <laughs> The emotional honesty, I gave the example of I'm confused, no, I'm afraid, or with the lady, it's like, okay, getting more intimate with the fear that is drawing you deeper into truth, right, uh, through being, and then there 
is the yeah i guess the movement of truth and this is how it goes from feeling into action from feeling into crystallizing clarity or insight amazing amazing yeah yeah what a this next question and forgive my eyesight my eyesight isn't very good but uh what can i change within me so i can receive souls that are financially ready to embark with me in the vortex i am created to help them to dig deeper into their more authentic artist so basically how can i how can i prepare myself so that i can receive the souls financially um can we can we pause clarify that question, question please off? yeah maybe yeah. a little bit more clarification my, there my understanding of the question is how do how do i get myself into energetic alignment so i can start to attract the clients that are a vibrational match to what i'm charging mm. I mean, I immediately feel something in the in the in the question. You know, um, how do I receive my soul aligned clients? Receiving yourself deeper, right? And inquiring as to even what that means, like what aspect of yourself, be it something that you consider to be negative or something that you consider to be positive. Um, are you not fully receiving? It could be an element of your gifts that you're not fully receiving. One of the ways we know we're not receiving our gifts, for example, is if we're justifying, rationalizing, or explaining or over-explaining them. That's a way of trying to communicate the value of something, but actually it disconnects us from the value, right? And so that's an example of not receiving a value that we have to offer that people in this case want to receive and want to pay us for. And we're wanting people to value that offering or that gift that we have, uh, you know, in the appreciation of money and compensation. So you can look at, you know, what am I not fully receiving in myself in terms of my value, meaning like your gifts or your genius, or what is it that you're not receiving as a like uh that you might deem to be a negative quality in yourself does that if that sparks anything feel free to add to the question but that's the first thing that comes to me so i sense as as i feel your question yes yes yeah when we're not fully receiving our gifts it's the equivalent of hiding them but yet wanting people to know that they're there and like be like hey i really want that i really want that right mm. and usually there's some sort of a judgment or fear like especially in the realms that we play in here like some of us have abilities that are unexplainable you know supernatural it's just like and if we're not willing to be seen in that or value that but that actually is something that our clients or our potential clients, it's the thing they need the most, right? Yeah. Um, then that's a way that we can expand our capacity to receive. Yeah. yeah. What's interesting, and I'll, I'll use you as the example, Aaron, in this case, is <clears throat> my observation of the way that you 
present yourself and show up the consistency the energy you hold the vibrancy and the the degree to which you embody your message what i see within you and i'm using you as an example so she can see another reflection of to answer her question is that you're showing up as the frequency of what you're creating and there's a vibrational match it's like you're you're sitting there and let's just say you had your retreat, I believe it was in Turkey, I believe recently, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. And then yeah. what you did subsequently, which was a very, very profound, I remember you showed me the marketing for it. And I was like, dude, this is next level. I'm like, I'm coming to the next one. Like I, it was that good. I'm like, I need to come to this thing. You know what I mean? I was about to give birth to my son. But anyway, um, what I also saw you do was embody the frequency of that thing that you were creating. Right. So it was not a cheap retreat retreat that you're putting on. It was a really, really amazing VIP potent retreat with you and your beloved side by side facilitating in a really exotic location. Right. And what I also saw subsequently with your social media and how you presented yourself and the kind of content you were creating and what you were asking for from within yourself was that vibration. You know what uh, I mean? A hundred percent. And that's an example of receiving yourself and being in the wealth of your spirit and being essentially being the offering, right? Um, there's a vibration there that transmits that people can feel um, when we're being that. And so um, as I don't know how to pronounce your name, Ayman, you said the thing is also receive people who say, I'm not ready to pay. You know, one of the things, especially earlier on in my uh, coaching and mentoring practice that I used to use that was very helpful is this mirror is like, if people say, you know, I'm not ready to pay or let me think about it to ask yourself the question, where are you waiting? Where are you doing the same thing? Either literally with money, like I really want that, but I'm not ready to pay or to just kind of look in the mirror and see where are you doing or being the same way that the people that are showing up in your reality are being or what they're saying or doing like, I'm not ready to pay. Um, that can be really insightful. And then whatever you uncover in that, then respond accordingly, move more into truth. And I've seen really seemingly magical things happen when I've done that, you know, uh, to really just use the mirror of reality in that way. Yes, you do the same. Exactly. So there's more truth trying to come in here, you know, um, and so when you say, I'm not ready to pay, kind of like the example I said with, I'm confused, but it's more true to say, I'm afraid there's a deeper truth. There's a deeper invitation to intimacy within yourself. And if you meet that, like what's really happening when I'm saying I'm not ready to pay, or I can't pay, what's the actual deeper truth inside me. And then meet that truth, which will be deeper receiving yourself. And then it, not only does it change your point of attraction and who's coming into your field, but you'll also be able to see and serve people when they say something like, I'm not ready to pay. Maybe instead of talking about money, well, when can you pay, which is the surface level conversation. Now you show up as a leader, perhaps, and get to the deeper conversation. Like, what are you really saying here? What's, re what's the real truth that is here present in it? Does that help? It's almost as if to say, and I'm going to, this is, this is a really big topic. And what you're articulating essentially is a high level of self-responsibility. You know, it's taking responsibility for what is showing up in your environment, you know, and 
and and an interesting that I'll make a distinction here, taking responsibility, not taking the blame, because there's a very interesting nuance there. People sometimes to think taking the blame for things is taking self-responsibility, which is not doing that. But taking responsibility in essence, and I'm, what I'm really seeing in this is that, you know, you can only take someone as deep as you've gone. Right. You're only going to receive what, we, what you're willing to put out there. And um, it's almost as if tomorrow I was going to launch a program for, say, $70,000, right? But then if that opportunity came to me, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't pay that much money for myself. No, 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 I wouldn't invest that much money into myself. That creates a direct conflict instantly. It's like, a, I'm not willing to do it. So I'm hoping to attract other people that are willing to do what I'm not willing to do. And I'm wondering why I won't manifest that person. And we confuse ourselves, right? Again, it's, it's yeah, where, where uh, I'll never forget, Alexi Panos said to me, Back in, she was my first business coach for for this business back in 2017, I think it was. Oh, nice. And the question she always anchored me back to was like, where are you not willing to go in your leadership? If this is present, awesome, great. But where are you not willing to go in your leadership? And it would just like crack me into that next space again. Uh, so there's a few more questions here, brother. I've given that your ass that's probably better than mine. I might you let, let you read them out loud. <laughs> okay, yeah, no problem. All right. Uh, do you treat freestyles the same as ecstatic dance to open the creativity tap? Is it something that you would do daily or only when you feel stuck? Um, yeah, freestyles and ecstatic dance is is the same. Like the essence of creativity to me is is life, it's truth, it's meeting the truth of the moment, surrendering to it, and allowing yourself to express it. Like that's the crux of creativity, and so. For me, whether it's freestyling or dance or writing or poetry, it's it feels the same way. So there's that. Um, is it something that you would do daily or only when you feel stuck? Um, I mean, I enjoy I enjoy freestyling, you know. Um, and yesterday I did it when I felt stuck, but I also did it because I enjoy it. So I wasn't doing it just to get unstuck. The truth is I actually enjoy it. I love the feeling of creativity and life force and truth moving through me. And so there's already a value there. Now, if I use my will, my decision or surrender to it, that can help unstick you. And just rooting back in the value of uh, being in the stream of creativity itself. So thank you for that question. Epic. All right. So with offerings, especially at the beginning, should you stick exactly to your pocket vibrational match or stretch the edges of what you offer? You know, I look at offerings uh, generally from at least two dimensions. One is, okay, listening to my spirit and listening to like what is being asked for meaning like what 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 is going to be of service and what's going to be of value but simultaneously i'm listening to my own soul and like what is being called forth through me and i look at it from both dimensions usually and especially when you're in a in a transition you know you're in a point of expansion or you're leveling up really truly getting to your leading edge your leading edge, meaning like what you have yet to live, what you have yet to express is going to take you beyond 
where you've been before. So being able to, I factor that in to my offerings is what I'm saying. So I'm looking at like the imagination, the vision, the design of an offering, the point, you know, this, the, the, the service that it's offering, but I'm also looking at who am I becoming, what's emerging in me, what qualities, what qualities of leadership, what types of gifts are being offered. And I also use that to inform the shaping of an offer. A, a good example recently is I do business Oracle sessions sometimes, right? And I went to like offer that to the world and I did a couple of them and it was amazing. And I left there, I left the session feeling like incomplete. And I was like, that's interesting because I just showed up authentically in service. You know, uh, it was amazing, amazingly impactful, but it was almost like the sense of the person received 100% of 10% of me, right? And so all this other uh, potential was present. And it's not that that's a problem, but I'm just giving you an insight into how I process things sometimes. So I'm like, okay. And I had that experience a couple of times. So what that's letting me know is that the forms, the containers, the environments that I'm playing in are not uh, conducive to bringing out 100% of what's moving through me. And so that felt like an expansion within the same context of being an Oracle or showing up in that type of uh, service offering, but the expansion was actually into a different playing field. So I'm like, oh, actually the type of person that I'm really inspired to do a business Oracle session with is the same type of person that you know, wants to do like a three-month quantum business accelerator right, and up-level every dimension of their organization, their team, their structures, their vision. And that's how much, it's not that I should do that, it's that when I'm sitting and speaking, I was sitting and speaking with an individual inside of an Oracle session, that's what was lighting up in my consciousness and in my awareness. So it's all of this energy is trying to go somewhere. Raise your hand if you're following me. I'm saying it's pretty yeah, fast. Yeah. I'm sharing a lot. <laughs> but that that to me is like, oh, that's an expansion of my of my gifts and of my potential within a dimension of service that I'm already familiar with, but my soul's expanded to another level of giving. And then that's when sometimes you can, I can, I can notice the particular qualities uh, of, of my being that are, uh, that are emerging. If I'm going to come and step and do this, like, let's say I'm doing the same thing with a thousand people instead of one person, because I'm already capable of it. So I look at it from the inside out. And I, it's both impersonal in the sense that it's not about me. It's about the service. It's about the client. But I also look at like, because I'm not separate from it either, who am I becoming? What's emerging in me? What is it? Is it a quality? Is it boldness? Is it boldness in a particular way? And when I identify these things, then I align my visions. I align my decisions. I design the structure of what it is that I'm creating with the information that I'm getting. So anyway. I've had that feeling before as well, where you create something and it's a, it's a brilliant idea that comes through and it's almost like you leave it not feeling as satisfied as you perhaps may thought you may have in some ways. Right. And what's interesting is that it's not that there's anything wrong with the creation. It's just that the way that the creation is formed doesn't allow you to be in your full expression. 
Exactly. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I've, I've felt that my, myself many times. And I think what else that speaks to, which is really beautiful, which I think uh, Dane Thomas covered recently, we spoke about the willingness to experiment and play, like have an idea, execute. In your case, you know, you had the idea of doing these Oracle business sessions with people. Then you had, I think you said two or three of them and you trialed them out. And I don't, you don't know if you're still doing them now, but it's like, you need to experience it to know if this is the thing you want to keep on doing because every now and then you'll find that one that you'll just keep on doing like for us that's embodiment it's like that's the sweet spot right there we'll just keep doing right. that one there because it's amazing for us you know so um but it is that kind of trial and error and the only way to really figure it out is to keep leaning in you know it's like every you can create a whole album but only three of them are going to be hit songs you know <laughs> if, the, if even three you know or you know some people like drake make thousands and thousands of songs, but we've probably known for about a hundred, you know? So it's like, that's the reality for most creatives and, and artists and, and entrepreneurs as well. And the thing is with most of us, all we need is one hit and it changes the game. Totally. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Any other, any other questions? Did I miss anyone's question? I'm looking back in the comments here. I think we've got that actually. That's all. Done. Yeah. I, um, what I'm curious about is a couple more questions I'll ask before we kind of round it off, if that's cool. And, um, first of all, thank you for your time. You've always so generous, brother, you give so, so beautifully and you're always just down for it. Like you literally, you know, people hashtag here for it on social media. Like you actually, do. <laughs> I, really, <laughs> I really, uh, really love it about you. And, um, this is this is curious because it's coming out of nowhere. It's literally forming as I'm speaking. Uh, there's some there's something in here, and it's, it probably sparked from the question we just had recently, but it was around money. And I'm just going to plonk the idea of money into the space for a second and just let it vibrate as this question comes through. Now, this is something that it's not about the money, right? So a lot of our money issues are not about money. Uh, yeah. they're about something else, right? They're from our childhood or whatever else it may be. And I'd love just to hear a bit of a, an insight or a transmission for you around it because what I, what I, what some of the threads we've spoken about today have been really powerful. And even for a lot of us that are conscious, we have this default where when something makes a lot of money, we then think it's more of a success, right? So it's for most of us to experience that to a degree. Um, but I'm really curious just to hear whatever comes through for you in this around what you feel to share in this moment around money and the way we relate to money and perhaps even a reframe that will create more liberation for people around the way they relate to money in general. Ooh, money, 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 money. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Like at the heart of money and how, many perhaps most of us symbolize it or what it what it represents is like freedom and power like freedom to do what you want right and power and here's the thing it's like if that's ultimately what it represents you know um independent of its function in the world then it's it's like if we uh, can focus more on the essence of what we're desiring when we're desiring money, then we will have received the core of what we're actually desiring. It's like a, a quote, I think it's in the Bible it says, seek ye first the kingdom and all else will be added onto you. It's like, if you can get to the core or the essence of what this represents, so if it's money, if it represents freedom, 
then one of the things that you can do, or I've done with money, and, um, and I'll share actually a couple of things that I've done, is where is it that I'm not feeling free or allowing myself to free be free in my life? Where am I, where am I believing that I'm not actually free and that I don't actually have this freedom that money, I, I'm, I'm thinking money is going to create that for me and then devote myself to and, and lean into freedom, like the state, the states that we actually want to experience like freedom, like power. Like when I say power, it's like resourcefulness, right? The ultimate resource is source. It's being a creator. It's the ability to create more so than what we are creating. And that's right at the crux of wealth and behind money is creation itself. And so one of the things that I did recently, actually, I use freestyle as an example, uh, a money expansion that I had recently, or that's been unfolding for the last probably year and a half is, it's like, okay, I want to feel in my relationship with money, which even at the time was amazing, and is still amazing. What would it be like to feel the same way with money as I do with creativity, as I do with service, which is I feel infinite. I feel endless. It feels like it doesn't matter my mood, good day, bad day, good mood, bad mood. I feel at one with it, which is why it's always accessible to me. And I was just being honest with myself. I'm like, I have an amazing relationship with money, but I don't feel completely at one with it. Like it's on tap. It doesn't matter. It just flows. Like I am the source. I am the actual conduit and means through which it comes from the immaterial world into the material world. Right. And so that's an example going right to the core of the power that we feel in money that we project into money is the power to create. It is the core, the, 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 the resources and the ability to create. So yeah, those are my first two thoughts about money. And the last thing I'll say is money's never stopping us from creating or doing or being who we want to be, right? And if we really inspect that with honesty and we're willing to uh, move in the direction of our visions and our inspirations, independent of how much money we have, then again, we're receiving the true source of wealth that money symbolizes, and so that also helps to produce and create more money, right? Because we're going more to the actual source. You know, I love, I think Tony Robbins was saying one time, he's like, you know, passion, creativity, enthusiasm. These are the resources that if we have those resources, we can create any resource. And I agree. 100%. 100% agree with that one. Yeah. It's interesting. It reminds me of something that a mentor said to me once. And I was, I think I'd said to her, I was coming up against something, a block around uh, feeling like I had lacked clar uh, credibility uh, because I was navigating an experience with money. Mm -hmm. And she basically just said to me, said, so right now, if you were to encounter a monk, who was enlightened, who owned nothing and had no money. Would you say that they're credible? Would you listen to what they say? And I'm like, probably a hundred percent. She's like, so that's irrelevant, isn't it? And I was like, you're right. <laughs> 
but it's just so fascinating how we've where we connect things and we put things and they don't actually live there we just decide they belong there you know so i really love your answer um you're speaking what i'm noticing or what you continue to do is you speak to the actual thing not the illusionary thing that's what i notice you continue to do even with with each question like you're speaking to the real thing not the illusionary really? thing that we yeah exactly <laughs> like what's the real thing what's the, yeah. the real desire what's the desire hidden within the desire yeah and for me as i've realized the core desires the real essence then i pursue that not not instead of the money, not instead of the manifestation, but I pursue the core of what my soul really wants, of the, the the deeper desires that my ego might be like, oh, I don't want that or I'm afraid of that, but I actually want it. So with money, for example, another example with money is I, I realized that I was associating my self-worth with money. And I realized that by feeling amazing when I was making a lot of money and feeling like, even, even if I'm not thinking it, but just feeling less valuable or less worthy when I've been broke, do you know what I mean? Or not had any money and realizing from my soul, like that's fucked up, meaning fucked up that like that I could literally suddenly feel like I'm not of value or I have less value or I have less power because of my bank account. Can anybody relate to this, by the way? It's just like my, my, we have church open here. Yeah. <laughs> and so what I'm saying is when I come upon something like that, no matter how uncomfortable it is, I consciously pursue and claim it as my own desire in the realm of money. I was like, okay, yes, I am continuing to grow and expand in wealth consciousness and money in all these different ways. And now added to the list of things that are high priority, it's a high priority for me to dismantle, disassociate, dissolve, disintegrate this crazy fucking idea that I'm somehow less valuable if I have no money versus a million dollars. And so that, that, is an example of something like I include that in my money dojo. And that definitely was one for me for mm -hmm. sure. And the, 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 what's there to receive or what I received in that I'm like, Oh man, this is part of the foundation of what wealth actually is and what love actually is. Right. And I'm like, man, I'm like, I want that. I want to know what it feels like to kind of neutralize this charge. So I've been, you know, I've been from, you know, the, the mansion to the sofa, you know what I mean? From, from that, but, but consciously with the desire to feel the same way about myself and knowingness of my internal worth and value and connection to source and resourcefulness, no matter the physical circumstances, that's that type of liberation to me is right at the foundation of wealth. So it's like, frees me up to be able to create anything so that's that's one of the pieces of the you know financial dojo or wealth dojo that i think that we don't always seek out but it's going to seek us out especially if we put our power and our worth and money some way somehow at some point you're going to be met with some circumstance that's going to have you have to confront that and the way out of it is not to earn more money so that you restore your self-worth it's to discover your self-worth and your value amidst the feeling of, in this example, having no money to 
awaken the inner resources and the value that's present and the ability to create that's present when you have no money. And that, that I'm not saying that's not a formula, but I'm just giving a perspective here um, that, you know, when I think about infinite abundance, you know, and if you want to set your sights high to align with the creator and the actual source of wealth itself, then you inevitably are going to have to go through some version of a your, your self-worth dojo. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, it, and it's, yeah. So anyway. Powerful, brother. Interesting uh, thing I put to you at the start of this uh, conversation uh, behind the scenes was that my curiosity around how, what would, what would Visionary Unleashed look like if it were a blend between a speaking gig, a facilitated session, and, right. And, uh, <laughs> Here we are. And with the intention of making it super tangible. And I, I, I really want to acknowledge, I feel like we've done an exceptional job today of that, brother. So I just want to thank you for that. Um, I have one more question before we, we share how to connect with you further. And it is when you hear visionary unleashed, what does that mean to you? Visionary unleashed. Oh man. This planet, like this is the way it's occurring to me in this moment. It's like this planet and our souls and our communities need, really, really need. And we use the word need just because that's how it's feeling in this moment. The visionary inside of us, you know, and, and when I go all the way down the rabbit hole with like the purest essence of what that means like to unleash the visionary it's to have true sight it's to to purify our perception and in a way to see beyond the matrix of the mind and to see see more clearly who and what we are the truth of who and what we are and in that space of vision how that translates practically is it significantly impacts our lives, our families, our communities in this world. And especially with where the world is right now, we need vision unleashed. It says in the Bible where there is no vision, the people will perish, right? Mm -hmm. And so unleashing the vision, I feel like consciously and unconsciously, many, many, many people have like almost forgotten the visionary aspect mm -hmm. and having faith and power inside like like the visionary like that's when we were back in the creator's seat like yeah. oh okay you know what are we creating and so i feel that visionary unleashed like unleashing into the world and unleashing into our our communities as very much being called for happy brother there's this uh conversation experience and it's been very experiential even for me <laughs> uh especially for me uh has been immense and i'm just really deeply grateful humbled and uh, honored to call you a brother and uh to mm. grow side by side with you and to right. yeah to continue to play this game of life together and uh yeah just thank you for all of the hard work you put in behind the scenes this that no one sees thank you for all those moments that you can come to us and bring such a depth of wisdom and embodiment to us mm. uh how can these guys connect with you further where's the best place to, to see all things oh all things oh uh instagram I'm pretty active on Instagram at Oren Harris, O-R-E-N-H-A-R-R-I-S. 
Also, if you go into my Instagram bio, you can click the link for the Limitless Circle, which is my growing community of limitless beings, of visionaries. Um, and that's something that is a really powerful place to connect with me and to dance and to grow and to learn and expand with myself and with the community of people. Uh, and my website is orinharris.com. Uh, O-R-E-N-H-A-R-R-I-S.com. So those are the three places that I, I'm most active and visible and sharing. Amazing. We'll make sure it's in the group and also in the show notes as well. Really appreciate that, brother. And if you are feeling the call, like I say, guys, if there, if you're resonating with O's message, please drop in, connect with him jump into his limitless circle, listen to that intuitive pull. That is like the visionary within you. This is a visionary within him that wants to grow side by side. And uh, again, like all the guests that I bring into the space, I guarantee you're going to have a great time. And uh, O has taught me a lot over the last four and a half. I think it's five years now, actually. And um, yeah, it's massive respect for them. So mm, massive love to everyone. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. Thank you, everyone. Live and for all the questions. It's been a really amazing episode. I feel super energized and really grateful. Thank you, everybody. Sending out so Thank much you, love. Thank you, everyone. Much love. Peace.